Shelley, thanks. Uh, welcome to Radio Wolf. I'm so happy to have you here again and be able to talk to you. You are, uh, in my eyes and not only in my eyes, oh, one of the main person who is really carrying uh, Joseph Boyce's work about uh, social plastic and uh, understanding of our collective way of being artists of our hum humanness, let's put it that way, in your own way. And uh, I find your work very inspiring. And thank you. One thing that you are doing is you are working in a very sensible way to uh, bring together people globally in a deep rootedness if I may say so, our earthly existence, but also our human expression of this. And you just started a project which is called 7,000 Humans, which struck me very much when I saw it, uh, also because it was very open on, on your website. It is collect, uh, connected to our an artwork of your teacher, Joseph Beuys, that he did in one of the art shows in Documenta in Kassel in Germany, where he planted uh, 7,000 oaks in the city. And they're still there when you go to Kassel, or, or the, the oaks change the city, which is in itself something very powerful. This little oaks that he planted something like, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, are, uh, are now changing a city that is a very modernist German city and they do something. And it seems that what you're doing with your 7,000 humans connected to 7,000 oaks is connected to the spirit. If I just want to invite you to tell me a little bit, what is your motivation? What are you doing? What is this about? Well, thank you, Thomas, for such a nice invitation and such an introduction. Um, yeah, so 7,000 humans, um, which is also uh, subtitled 7,000 trees, 7,000 commitments, 7,000 questions, has a direct uh, relationship to 7,000 oaks. It's not only inspired by 7,000 oaks and refers to 7,000 oaks. It's actually, you could almost say, working in the sphere, in the dimension created by the trees now, first created by Boris, and then the work that the trees have been doing to create this arena of, it's already an arena of commitment and determination and now in a way the humans are being called to step up to enter this arena and to work with this amazing deed that was done that Boyce did in Kassel uh, it's not just an ecological act of planting 7,000 trees and they're not all oaks many people already know that but they are the oak in a way and the the stone this basalt stone this ancient igneous rock that comes from fire he did an act 
of reminding and calling um, us to an awareness. And it's actually in this awareness, it's almost like the trees through their being are carrying on holding this awareness, holding the space and just waiting for the humans to now consciously enter it as persons, each person like a tree, but together to find new forms of community, of collective being, of collective action, of conscious collective action. So um, we are actually working with the spirit of voiceless deed of the 7,000 oaks themselves and creating, uh, making visible and making conscious this arena actually that the trees are creating for us. It's a place for new vision, new narratives, if we want to use the contemporary language, new commitment to actually strengthen the humanosphere, to not only focus, which we have to and need to, on this critical situation of the whole biosphere and the planet, but to, to look at what the cold sort of humanity, the disconnected thinking, this is a strong theme in 7,000 humans, how it separates us from the ability to respond, to care, to have real deep responsibility rooted in us. So it's, a, it's about a lot of new rooting in the human sphere of capacities to work in this arena that Boyce created. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? It makes very much sense to me. And uh, one reason why um, the spirit of what you're doing really uh, hit me is that it seems to me that you're working with something that is uh, so important for us uh, as a species to work with right now, our social imaginary, where we use the symbolic reality of reality to connect with deeper parts of our souls, And I know you uh, uh, have uh, a critical relationship to the word ritual, and I would love to talk with you about this. But it seems to me that what you're doing here, what you and your friends are doing here, to be precise, is something uh, that is an emergence of a global ritual that is based on a lot of symbolic reality that as soon as it opens up to someone, becomes very powerful. First, all of us, uh, I would say m- many of us, uh, an oak tree uh, has a symbolic power. When we, when we think about even more when we meet an oak tree, when we see the majesty of an oak tree, when, when we, in the presence of an oak tree, something o- o- opens up. And that a so important artist like Joseph Boyce uh, used his capacity uh, as a prominent artist to basically transform a city with trees. That in itself already has a, a symbolic quality on one hand, city, on the other hand, tree. Uh, there, there's a symbolic reality already, something in bringing the trees to the city. And then I just shared with you that my uh, encounter with this uh, 
art installation, if you may say so, what uh, a boy did there in the, I think, 1980s, early. 82, yeah. Uh, that he, he planted these trees in a place that has a very symbolic uh, reality for Central Europe. Uh, because in Central Europe, uh, Central Europe was uh, Christianized around uh, 600, and one of the big missionaries, he came from England, uh, 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 the Saint Bonifacius, he is uh, one of the saints who uh, missionized Central Europe, and particularly also the Germanic tribes. He did something that in Central Europe history became a symbolic reality in itself. He cut the sacred tree of the Germanic tribes to prove the superiority of Christendom. And as it was told, and as the story goes, all the, the tribes basically ex expected him to be hit by lightning, and he didn't. So he got, uh, they got converted, allowed to get baptized through him. And he built a cathedral next to the place where the oak was. And this place is 10 kilometers outside of the city of Kassel, where something, something like 2,000 years later, a little less, uh, uh, a social artist like Josef Beuys planted these trees. And this in a time where our reconnection to nature is one of our central human necessities that we have collectively to connect to and find a way to. And you're connecting to this bring this to the digital sphere, because I, I haven't mentioned that. There's a website that people can connect to that we will talk about this later. Yeah, everyone can, with the questions that you're bringing, which are questions that are related to our survival species and the thriving of this plant, how we can connect to that. But all this seems to me to have this symbolic uh, reality built in that reaches us, at least it reaches me on a very deep soul level. It's an amazing story, an amazing connection you've made between uh, Bonifacius and his act, that deed, and what that deed did, and what it what it makes me uh, realize um, in that deed, and also then in what Boyce did. It sounds like in in Bonifacius's deed, this Christianizing of Europe, and what you said earlier, how it. Um, overthrew in a way or over over subsumed the whole pagan uh, uh life way of being in europe in a way boyce's deed in nearly the same place um is a is almost a step i'm sure boyce must have known the story but but even if he didn't it feels like it must have uh, this awareness of the need to reunite the um, almost the severing that to some extent the um, uh, separating people from the pagan being into a kind of institutionalized religion more and more and more, um, Boyce in a way reunited this um, possibility of finding our spiritual way um, totally connected uh, to the other than human world so it's a very amazing story and definitely 7,000 humans is trying to you're right I don't like to use the word ritual and if you're interested if you think it's interesting we can talk a little bit about why 
but in a way, yes, 7,000 humans is working in the sphere of um, social imaginaries and or the symbolic dimension, symbolic reality that is as much of a reality opening up a, um, this sphere, this portal. Um, it's a portal into this potential for reuniting um, these dimensions that have got so separated. And but there's another point I'd like to pick up in a minute. And when you say the oak is central to us all, and that one of the things that it's um, become totally apparent through 7,000 humans, and in a way to me before I come from other countries, not from Europe, is that for some countries, the oak is completely unknown. And mm -hmm. that's also important. So mm -hmm. what 7,000 humans has partly done is to invite people to find their, not only their own individual tree partner and anchor point, but what tree in a way is real in their part of the planet. Um, but it's something we can talk about later, but on, you'll, you'll probably have seen on the global map in 7,000 humans that's online, we have no named countries or places we have only one planet with many, many, many persons who are finding a partner, uh, a tree partner, if they have a tree, and otherwise another place or partner in the world where they can make an anchor point on this planet. So, but at the same time, it's become very visible and aware that for uh, peoples all over, the equivalent of the oak is, it's usually something else. And so that's also very interesting how um, 7,000 humans is in a way lifting Boyce's deed out of Europe, although Boyce was certainly working globally and internationally. Um, but in, in a way, there's a very strong um, Eurocentric focus in Boyce's work. And what I think 7,000 humans has the opportunity to do partly through um, the streams I've brought in through my own non-European backgrounds and European backgrounds, but and the many, many people who are joining us from all over the planet who are wonderfully bringing in these different streams that have a lot in common on the level of archetypes and a lot of difference in terms of the specifics of place and ritual and culture and background so i don't know if that um uh, makes sense in terms of what we're talking about and maybe we should just carry on for a moment about ritual um unless you want to take it somewhere else no, let's let's do both uh, because what you are saying about uh oak being not just an oak or oak being the U European, or at least Northern Sphere, incarnation of something that has different incarnations, incarnation in other places of the world, uh, changes the image, and that is in itself important. But that in itself, and you bring this in, also speaks to that already what you are doing, because you are asking people to find, and I just want, want to say this slowly, to find a tree or in a place as a partner. It seems to be a kind of a, a word or a, 
a power place, uh, whatever you can find. That's words that would come. You choose a different word. And I think that's, again, related to the question of the ritual. The, you say, find a, a tree or a place as a partner. That uh, evokes a lot in, in myself, at least. How can a tree be a partner? What does this even mean to be a partner? And then uh, if somehow this lands in me to some degree, you ask me to engage with uh, important questions of our collective questions of our time, not my personal questions alone, but our collective questions as a species or as inhabitants of this earth. And then you invite us using modern technology, not only to kind of bring this on, on your website, and you, you mentioned the, the map where every single one who answers this question and brings in the partner has a, a, a sun place, you call it sun, that you see on the different places on, on this map of the globe, where all the suns shine up or the people who participate, but then you bring them together over several weeks in the upcoming months to engage with each other. So there's a dialogical process unleashed that is rooted in what we said, is rooted in this partner relationship with trees, whatever this is, uh, but it's also rooted in our connectedness, in our creativity. That in itself does something to us. I would call it a very powerful new form of collective global ritual, but I do understand that there's a problematic side to it, and I'm very happy to talk about this. Thank you so much for that uh, description of how it works. It's not just what you see. I think you've entered into it so deeply in a way that you can really uh, live with how it works. Yeah, my, my uh, problem with ritual, I suppose, comes from uh, is because of its associations. Um, it's easily understood as the opposite of uh, science, of clear thinking, of um, facts. It's easily understood as linked to spheres of superstition. And it's also easily um, seen by people from say non uh, not European cultures or cultures where the enlightenment wasn't a central fact it's easily seen now as being usurped not just now since maybe the mm -hmm. 50s or 60s but being usurped in quite a superficial way um, uh, really the outer forms without things really being understood so it rings a lot of alarm bells for many people. And although I, from the way you described it, I would say you have every right and are correct in calling this, um, yeah, and I much appreciate your, your, how you see it, a global, uh, a significant global ritual. It might be, really become that. Um, I still have and would avoid using that term and um, however, um, I think the word is a really amazing word. And some years ago, I realized I actually learned from one of James Hillman's um, colleagues, Thomas Moore. He wrote a book called Rituals of the Imagination. 
And in this little essay, he speaks about how the word ritual has the same root as the word river in Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. And he goes on to say very simply that a true ritual uh, puts us into the stream of being. It connects us with the stream of being. It opens the door. And a friend of mine in India, a philosopher artist, Jyoti Sahi, once said, aha, so that's why idols are the opposite. Idols are empty forms that no longer have their meaning. They've lost their meaning. Um, and they become the kind of worship of idols, of empty idols. And when we were talking earlier, um, it was really interesting what you said about how my generation, our generation, we were, we were trying to move away from empty forms, from given forms, given rituals. We questioned everything. We, we threw all habits out the window. And um, yeah, I think, you know, you were emphasizing that now there's a great longing you sense for new rituals and new forms. And I agree with you. And I think that's why it's ever more important to if we're going to use the word to really think what we're doing because ritual in that sense of in its negative sense of following forms in a way is precisely what Boyce and the whole social sculpture field of ideas was also challenging and would still challenge that one of the things we have to be careful of and we see it in many of the negative social movements that are happening right now, one of the things we have to be careful of is following without consciousness, following um, without understanding, this following of forms or ways or sound bites or people or gurus or people who have these uh, ways and answers without really um, becoming individuals, not just in, for ourselves, but transpersonal individuals, but without just following forms and ways that aren't properly understood. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's such a hugely important and, and um, it's also contested uh, word and area. And, and it's good that we question it. What, what is a ritual? How can we understand ritual? And how can it not just be a trap into forms of um, following kinds of consciousness, herd mm. consciousness? Yes, I hear you. You're making mainly two arguments. And uh, I think they have a relationship. One is the argument of appropriation, that we are, as um, Westerners, white people, who went through the experience of Western enlightenment, modernity and post-modernity in our, if I may say so, emptiness, go back to and appropriate all kind of whatever rituals, maybe coming from Brazil, maybe coming from India, maybe coming from the Aborigines in South, in, in South, in South Africa without even being able to touch beyond the surface what this ritual is about. Very but following, following the forms, uh, feeling some relief, but basically appropriating something that is not uh, part of us. Yeah. 
the, yeah, the other without bothering to to go into enough depth be, just before you say the other one because the forms are realities actually that's why they worked mm -hmm. and the forms still have a power so if you do some kind of special circle work around a fire and like a havan or in some way it will have some effect but you maybe as a culture or as an individual the effort has not really been made to enter the depths of this and maybe it's not even possible and so it is appropriated it's taken on and and without often even the acknowledgement really of where it comes from um or the or the the invitation or the request so i i really thank you for also using that language because it is it is can be not always but can often be a form of really of appropriation and exploitation. And the other argument that you brought forth mm -hmm. is interesting, something like a counter argument. And it's around the word following. And I think here, Boyce and his work plays a central role. And Boyce's understanding of the essence, of the creativity, and the free expression that is the opposite of following. And in that sense, there's, there's something where following the forms as uh, natural cultures are, are immersed in is something that are in our particular Western, but not only Western uh, evolution of consciousness and culture uh, got transformed to something where there is the finding and also the um, necessity of recognizing there's something in us, and you can call it uh, with voice, our eye sense, where we are, are meant to ask from ourselves. And that's a different place than just following. And ritual in, in just following something are, uh, also has the danger to forget oneself in one's own capacity to be and, and create and be creative out of oneself. Yeah. One could say that both is uh, uh, at the center also of the problematic of our culture because this capacity to do that is also part of the, how we got alienated Yep. from the form of, of nature. And yep. maybe the question is, how can we integrate this in a new way where our eye sense is not separated from the forms, from the sacred forms of reality, but our free response to that. And maybe in that, a ritual could have a new meaning that is not void of our individual and collective creativity, but is connecting at the same time with the forms that we are embedded in. Yeah, that's very amazingly uh, put. Um, yeah, I think I think that a huge amount of the work in Seven Thousand Humans is to activate, not just to enable people to activate the inner field in finding the question and the commitment but to activate an awareness of the eye sense. And you could say on a simple level, that is just this first act of showing up as a sun, as the 
glowing potential mm. that you are showing up as a sun on the map one first act and then gradually coming to see how the importance of your own self-awareness which is different from egocentricity and we often jettison the one uh, we mix them both together we must become uh, eco-conscious instead of ego-conscious but actually there's a self that has to not only become aware but in fact the self has to show up on the planet make some little act and in this sense it's a digital act register put your son on the map and then you're invited to do some more acts if you can if you want to find a local anchor point make a commitment find a question share a question and gradually in the process you get a sense of how this activated inner field of the self and the self-awareness is actually contributes a substance to the wider field and without that there's nothing really to work with. Without that, there are a few leaders, thought leaders, old forms were called gurus. Now we've got thought leaders, whoever the people are, politicians, people who are uh, maybe celebrities, pop stars, who make certain calls that are often followed or resisted. The resistance of those big calls is a kind of another kind of grouping, following. Um, and so how do we, really one of the challenges, and really Boyce saw it like that, and it is in the field of social sculpture, Steiner saw it like that, Schiller saw it like that, it was already there. Um, how do we do this work of becoming conscious persons who show up to ourselves and to any situation without it being uh, confused and uh, uh, throwing the baby out with the bathwater when we mix it up we conflate it with this idea of uh yeah we're so egocentric so seven thousand humans is very much about this opportunity of seeing if this makes sense to people as well if they can feel it and what's been amazing so far is people seem to this seems to be one of the things that's exciting them that they are there as active individuals becoming more and more active partly through their exchanges with others and gradually in that process a field you could say begins to take root a social field a bit like the um, mycelium the natural mycelium that uh, grows in the forest um, that supports and sustains and grows between the trees helps them communicate and the plants um, yeah and in a way, just one more thing to say, these are all, everything that I've said is actually a question. Is a is this so? So the whole of 7,000 humans is like one big global experiment together to not just check, are we right? Is this right what we are uh, proposing? But really, how does it work? What's this about? How does the individual connect with the build new forms of community etc etc there are many many questions in 7000 humans that we're now walking with together in addition to the questions that each individual generated and shared 
and out of which 14 were chosen in a kind of democratic process, but there are these underlying questions. You could say 7,000 humans is one big set of questions that we are inviting people to enter into together, but not just think about them, but through experiencing the growing and unfolding process. So maybe by the end of the first cycle, it might go on, it might not go on. It looks like it's going to go on because it's generating such a big wave of um, interest and engagement. Um, but if it goes on, it feels like it's, it's, a, it's a, a big sphere of a collaborative, you could say, people's research, citizens' research, um, research about the connection between the, uh, uh, our relationship to the other-than-human world and the spiritual world. Um, it's, it's research on so many levels and the areas for people to pick up and get involved in, and that will come in the fourth phase that we've called making social honey, where people start to re-enter these questions they've discovered through the experience of being part of it. So I think that's what I like about it. It's created an arena that's offering opportunities to explore, to research really in practice, individually and together, these underlying questions, as well as the questions that have been selected to work with once a week. It, it may be a form of research, yeah. but it is a research of a different order. And I think this is important. It may be a form of democratic process, uh, but it seems to be a, a democratic process of a different order. And it starts with uh, the connection to a tree as a partner. It changes me in my, uh, whatever you want to see it, my psychology or my spirituality, or at least in my existential being, or to do this with a tree as a partner, I think differently. Uh, the, the usual university way of how I think research doesn't work this way. So research, the meaningful research exactly. changes. Exactly. And that's a participatory uh, involvement of knowing uh, where uh, the way we uh, move these questions come from a different place that, that we are used to do that. And that's uh, part of the power that you may call ritual, may call different, but it is this connection to these other spheres. And you said something that also stood out for me. You said that this field lands in us. And you said this particular after really you made a point how the eye sense and the capacity of the eye sense is a central piece of the architecture of all of this. So there are two parts. One is this eye sense. And then there's something that you call a field that lands in us. So how to go about this polarity? There's me, there's this field. I can, and I can feel that in being connected both to the non-more than human world, but also connected between us. There's a field reality and there's this eye reality. So how do we interact and how do we create response to the questions uh, that, that that you're rising in that you you do something and uh, maybe the 
the least controversial way to say it, he do this as an artist, uh, that uh, changes us, how we interact with each other and in a more than human world. And it, uh, in that sense, it also changes the understanding of what research means, what knowledge means and, and all of that. And that seems to be decisive for what we're doing right now in this uh, at least, it, sorry if I use this, but uh, what one can say, what you're doing seems to be psychoactive. Yeah, I think that's a very nice way to put it. It's a huge psychoactive space. Um, and imagination is a key part of uh, psychoactive uh, reality and potential. And this beautiful image of us in the field, but the field in us. Um, the sphere of imagination, imagination is like a medium. Once we enter it and we can work with the images, the images that are in 7,000 humans, the images of the um, growing I, through every interaction in the field um, and uh, the field growing in us, um, this is all possible because of the stream. I mean, it's in a way back to that thing about uh, the root of the word ritual and river, uh, ritus, right, uh, that puts us into the stream of being it's actually the stream of meeting it's where it's possible to meet with this other than human being this tree partner and to perhaps develop what Goethe and Boyce called new organs of perception new uh, ways of understanding and receiving new humility also and yet also do the work on ourselves, knowing that we're different, not higher, not uh, lower, not insignificant, but a different one of Earth's creatures that has different capacities, are very, very difficult to develop because they're not, because we can go outside of our instincts. So all these recognitions that can also come together in this relationship, if one can really develop a relationship with this partner, the partner who can't physically move away, we can move away, we can ignore it, we can ignore what we do in the world and to the, the trees, our partners, but we can return, the trees are waiting for us, it feels like the trees are waiting for the humans, they've made the space for us like in the old village where the tree was the place where people gathered to speak and talk. Now we can gather either just oneself with a tree or bring your friends and family, even like of old, but gather to become conscious of this um, amazing potential for this relationship. Um, yeah. So, As you're describing this, maybe you, you also want to say, what in a in concrete form are you inviting people to? So what we're inviting people into is a um, step by step 
there are four phases and the first stage is register and not just in a technical way you put your sun on the global map you're then invited once you've done that to find an anchor place on the planet which could be a tree partner but if you haven't got a tree partner partly perhaps because you're moving perhaps you have no home perhaps you live on the sea or in a desert um, and um, you have no tree partner but to find an anchor point which might be a rock or a physical place but it could even be a place in you uh, for example for me it's in a dream so you the next invitation is to find this anchor point um, on the planet um, where you can go to meet yourself through meeting the other than human being and to offer yourself as well in all your humanness and frailty to this world. Um, but a place to, on a simple level, you could say a place to contemplate, place to reflect. And then we're also inviting people to make a commitment, which could be very small. Um, it could be um, very big. It could be a new commitment, or it could be by simply thinking about what's my commitment, you might realize I am doing my commitment already. So it's also an opportunity to formulate your commitment that might be existing already to find what it really is. And the last thing we're inviting people to do is to share a question. And even though we've already selected the 14 questions to work with from all the submitted questions for this cycle, we're still inviting people to formulate, find, uncover. These are all uncovering processes. Find your anchor point, your tree partner. Find your commitment. Find your question. They all require looking in at yourself. And then we're inviting them to participate in these 14 weeks of global assemblies that in Kassel are linked to the Documenta 15. They're part of the Zukunftsdorf 22, which is one of the Documenta partners, and we are um, being hosted by them weekly. They run the global assemblies in German in Kassel. And around the world, people are running local assemblies. So each week, people are invited to inhabit, to dwell on a question, to let the question expand inside them, and to work with it individually and locally with friends, family, local groups, projects, but also to join us in the Saturday Global Assemblies. And from all the insights gained, we're not trying to find answers. We also emphasize that we introduce a practice for how you work with the imagination in the inner atelier, the inner workspace, how you work with the question of the week. Um, so we're not trying to find answers. It's very much in that idea of Rilke's that we should follow the questions, embrace the questions, love the questions, inhabit the questions. And through that process, something will emerge. So it's very much making people aware of how you enable an emergence process, maybe solutions will show themselves out of that or answers. And the last phase of 7,000 humans is about bringing all those different insights together in ever increasing circles, global forums, small circles, to try and see what wants to emerge, what initiatives, 
what insights, what actions, what wants to emerge out of this wave that was set in motion, um, all this activation, what's appearing, what's coming to the surface. That, that's what we're inviting people into. Yeah, just may add the website is 7000humans.com. 7000, number 7000humans.com. And uh, there you also find uh, a lot of what you were talking about right now. And this is, a, this is a beautiful and powerful invitation. And I am very curious what will emerge out of that. And I see it as uh, being rooted in what boys did there in Castle. And I see the roots back to Bonifacius and the, the whole question of our culture. And um, what you and your friends are doing here are coming, uh, sprouting out of this. So thank you so much for doing that. Thomas, thank you very much. I really appreciate how you have entered this and seen it and enabled me to share it with you and your listeners. Thank you.